Unity Consortium welcomes you to Vaccinated. On today's episode, we will talk with vaccine advocate Ethan Lindenberger. In 2019, Ethan testified before the Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions. Ethan recounted his experience getting vaccinated against the wishes of his mother. His mother believed many of the common myths dispelled about vaccines, such as the myth that immunizations can cause autism and brain damage in teens. After doing his own research and looking into reliable sources, Ethan was able to disprove many of the myths his mom believed in. Ethan was able to make the decision to get vaccinated after turning 18, and did so because the scientific journals and studies he had read into made it abundantly clear that without common immunizations against vaccine-preventable illnesses, such as measles, Ethan was at great risk to get himself and others in his community sick. Ohio, where Ethan is originally from, is a cautionary tale as to the importance of the measles vaccination. Ohio saw an unprecedented rise of measles during the 2013-2014 school year after a large decrease in measles vaccinations was recorded. As a preventable disease, measles outbreaks can easily be avoided through widespread immunization. The scientific journals and research studies that Ethan took the time to read made this fact about the preventability of certain diseases extremely evident. In front of the Senate, Ethan testified about the rampant misinformation spread through social media that targets parents such as his own mother. Since testifying, Ethan has become very prominent in the vaccine advocacy community as a proponent for the promotion of credible, reliable vaccine information sources among the young adult and parent communities. We are excited to welcome Ethan Lindenberger, immunization advocate, Time Next Generation leader, TED Talk speaker, co-founder of the Immune Tribe and Unity Consortium member to Faxinated. So my mom is anti-vaccine. She believes vaccines are very dangerous and she believes in a lot of conspiracy and myths around immunizations. Predominantly that vaccines cause autism and that vaccines are extremely dangerous. Um, as well as not benefiting anyone in any substantial health way. So if you were to tell her, well, immunizations increase the community's um, resilience or, or immunity to a disease, uh, even if everyone doesn't get it, she would be like, that doesn't make sense. I don't agree. They don't do anything. The only way that we can get resistance to a disease is by actually getting it. Um, and so a lot of very twisted truths and ideas that aren't accurate that have been manipulated and, and tied to ideas that um, are, are just genuinely not true at all. So these conspiracies and these myths have convinced her not to vaccinate myself or my other family members, um, which is extremely dangerous. And so when I turned 18, I had the legal option to get those vaccines without her consent. Um, so I did that. And that was the decision I made very openly and, and vocally. Um, we had very many conversations about that, and nothing happened for a couple months. It was that was how it remained. It was just my mom and I, as this family in Norwalk, Ohio, who didn't have any media presence, no one really knew about, and it was just how I decided for myself that my health and my community's health was important. And so, about two months later, 
the media coverage started, um, kind of one thing led to another with small interviews leading to bigger interviews, leading to like Fox and CNN and just a very quick spiral into the public eye when it came to this decision that I made and how my mom was anti-vax and I chose to uh, oppose that. And so that was what led to the Senate committee um, being interested in hearing my story was about a month or two of that, that media exposure, those interviews, me telling that story and about that personal decision I made that was an independent and health conscious decision against a mom who wasn't as educated. Could you uh, go a little into maybe where you think your mom got the information that led to her forming her beliefs and then at the same time where you kind of got your information because a lot of times you get information from your parents and you've clearly come to a different set of conclusions than your mom did so maybe like could you talk about that a little bit yeah um when it comes to information and where you get your education from i think that a lot of people can put down the internet as somewhere that isn't reliable which isn't accurate at all you know reliable sources can use the internet to get good information out there, which is what I end up interacting with. Um, so I got my information of medically educated and um, accurate information, predominantly and mainly from the internet. It was from the CDC, the WHO, the Institute of Medicine, peer-reviewed research and information from studies and colleges and these communities that were doing real research. And so I saw a lot of that because I, was looking for these sources first as reliable, then seeing what their decisions or opinions were on immunizations. Um, to kind of compare that to my mom, my opinion is that she had the opinion and then sought sources that also believed that and validated that, which was the opposite of what I did. I was like, okay, this is reliable. What do they have to say? So then she said, what do they have to say? And are they reliable? And that's kind of a catch 22, a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy might for the debate nerds out there it's like you know do they have my my opinion well then that makes them reliable in a way you know because they agree with me and so a lot of it was backtracked um education and backtracked research where it was like oh they're saying vaccines aren't aren't good so that means that they know the truth um so a lot of that information was found on the internet but on different sources like social media or anti-vaccine websites and sources that were specifically about educating people, I say in air quotes, on the risk of vaccines. Um, or they were not anti-vax, but they were pro-vaccine awareness. And all these different um, kind of uh, like catchy terms to make them sound like they're not anti-vax. Um, right. She, even before she kind of interacted with this information, she was reading books and information that was being published like stuff your doctor doesn't want you to know or what like what the world won't tell you and a lot of this black sheep mentality like we're opposed from the flock and we understand what no one else does and that was what she interacted with way before social media even came into play mm -hmm. um but that was before i was even born so all the information all of it that she showed me to be like hey let's debate this let's argue here's what i have to say here's what i have to show you all of it was on facebook all of it was on social media and all of it were videos or testimonies or um, these people just shouting at their computers being like, how do you not understand America? So um, that, that was just a very stark difference in the information we, uh, we came to trust. Right. And I mean, it's, it's interesting because I feel like a lot, uh, like as a 
young impressionable teen, a lot of times the information we get is is largely based on what our parents are, you know, getting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's really interesting and obviously was worked out for the best that you were, you know, finding your own sources out there. Um, yeah. Do you find that people are are using the same sources as, you know, your mom or as parents or are they kind of coming to their own information? Um, I think that young people, uh, not te- teenagers anymore, I'm 20, but I still think that I want to, I'm in touch with the same world that I was in, you know, a year or two ago. Um, I think that young people and teenagers uh, are interacting with information in a very different way than the generations before them. Because my mom, when she was in school, was not educated on like, computer research or um, like how to find a reliable source on the internet. It really wasn't a thing when she was in high school. And so when I was in like elementary school, we were doing that, you know, we were taking typing classes when I was in like fifth grade. And so this is a very different, like huge difference in technology. And that just comes with age and, you know, where, like when and where you grew up. But for her as well, there's a lot of factors that come into play of like what information she has. And also for me doing my own research, because my dad, and my mom are divorced. My dad is a lot more educated. He's not anti-vax. He was more on the fence, but he wasn't like telling me I can't do that research. You know, when I went and got my vaccines, um, I knew my mom would be really angry and really like upset and emotional and scared. And when I talked to my dad about it, I said, Hey, I'm getting my shots. And he was like, Oh, cool. <laughs> You're 18. I don't care. And so like there's, it, there comes with that too. Like I would never be able to compare my situation to someone else and say that they're going to make the same decision or they will have the same opinions or they will be as um, welcoming to the idea of believing something their parents don't. Um, that might be a really big thing for some people. So um, in general, I think that young people are getting their information from other sources that their parents might not interact with as much that could cause a huge divide in opinion. I think that younger people are using like Twitter more and they're using other um like social media apps like TikTok or Snapchat and these apps that parents aren't really interacting with. So that's going to cause you to interact with different information. I think that as you see the younger generation becoming more liberal and the older generation having a lot more conservative families, there's a political divide. And so there's just a lot of differences in opinions that comes with culture. It comes with age. It comes with technology. Um, So there's a million different things that cause people that are young to formulate different opinions. But I think the biggest thing is at the end of the day, young people are having a huge role in politics and in social change and in advocacy. And that tells them that they have the right to have a different opinion than the rest of the world. And that if they do their own research and they believe something is right, then they should stand up for that. So that's the biggest thing is that you know, maybe 30 years ago, my mom, if she was like, I don't agree with my dad, the world would be like, cool, suck it up. Your dad's right. But I think nowadays there's much more of an independency to young people and their opinions and the idea that they can change the world that is really new. How was your experience getting vaccines? Like you were kind of raised in this environment to think that vaccines are scary and bad and then you're formulating a different or you've come to a different conclusion than your mom. And was that difficult to tell Mm -hmm. her? Like how did that process go? How did you approach that? Yeah. So originally I had really no idea what to do. And most of the people in my inner circle were like, gave kind of a shrug, like, I don't know how you handle that. So I went to, I went to Reddit and I was like, Hey, I, this is a situation, strangers to the internet. Um, and I went to a, a website that with Reddit is much more um, pro vaccine in a lot of circles. And I was like, Hey, my mom's anti-vax. How do I handle this? 
And everyone was really nice and gave a lot of opinions and advice and even told me where to go to get my shot. So I knew how to do that. Um, but the biggest thing I struggled with was whether to tell her or not, like, do I hide it? Do I try and make sure that the insurance doesn't bill her for it or send her an invoice to where she finds out suddenly and it's a huge thing? Um, do I get my dad to sign off on it? And like, it was just all these different questions of like, do I just be upfront and confrontational and honest, or do I try and avoid what I know is going to be a difficult discussion that do I really need to be having because I'm getting my vaccines. It shouldn't be a big deal. Um, so that was the biggest struggle over anything else. Like getting my shots was fine. You know, knowing I need to get my vaccines wasn't scary. Like that was all cakewalk. Um, it was that discussion that was really scary. And I decided just to be confrontational and honest about it because I decided in a very stubborn way that I shouldn't have to be worried about these consequences. I shouldn't have to be worried about being, you know, pro health and community health. And I shouldn't have to be scared of telling my mom that I care about other people and their health. So I'm going to make a good adult decision. And I was like, well, if that's the case, I'm just going to tell her, you know, that that's silly that I had to be worried about that. And it led to a really harsh discussion. Um, she was very scared and emotional and hurt. And so that led to some really hard things that she was saying. And it just, it was really difficult to maintain that conversation in a healthy way. And it didn't really go very well, but I still decided that it was important to get my shots. So a couple of days later I got them and it caused a lot of problems for her and I, because she was just so scared. And every day she thought I was going to just seize out randomly and that'd be it. And that's the reality of the information she has. That's how it impacts a lot of people like her. Um, but at the same time, I think that to me was such a small decision in terms of like hiding it or just telling her that led to such a massive impact. Because if I chose not to tell her, then I would have been so afraid to speak openly about the decision that we made. Um, I, she wouldn't have spoken to any of the media, which was a huge reason why the story took off. And I would not be here today if that didn't happen. And so to me, like that was a personal decision that I saw no impact other than the family in front of me that if I chose to not be proud of or honest with could have, you know, destroyed any chance I had to be here today and the massive impact that's been caused since then. Um, so I think like to me, the vaccines weren't scary. You know, it was the discussion. It was that honesty. It was like, this is a difficult, hard position to be in, but I still have to handle it with like a level of maturity and, you know, like strength and, and um, kind of confidence that I didn't really have. Um, and that's just because I knew that this was important and I had to treat it like it was important. So I don't know that I, that just, it was making to make, treating it like it was important led to way more things than I ever expected. I think it's d definitely courageous to, you know, have to approach your parents as a young person, a teen. And e e even when you're older than 18, you know, a lot of us still are really involved with our parents and having to tell them, hey, I'm coming to a different conclusion than you, it, yeah. it can be scary. But I think that to me, it, it shows that what I've done is not something that is um, so unachievable or crazy that someone can't do it or that I had some secret formula at play. Um, when I've spoken at conferences or talked to young people, I've always said the same thing where it's like, I literally was in your shoes where there was a person that I loved and I cared about who did not believe something that was true. And I was like, this is dumb. And so I just told them like, I don't agree. Like, and I love you, but this is not true. And that's so hard. That is the hardest step. 
And I was like, that is the only thing I did that led to any of the change or impact that's happened. And you can do that same exact thing. So that's the hard part with that situation. That's the hard part with growing up with an anti-vax mom. It's a hard part with making that decision and getting those shots. But that's the most important piece, I think. And so, I mean, since, you know, that conversation with your mom and, and everything that, that happened, you kind of built up this work within the vaccine advocacy world. Um, you know, your Twitter bio says you're a self-proclaimed anti-vaxxer. Yes. Really good wording there. Um, but what do you think the biggest, just like from your, your work within the environment, what do you think your the biggest threat towards, you know, vaccinations um, is and, and, and what kind of perpetuates? Man, I think, ooh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, and it's a heavy one too. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest threat to the vaccine world and um, to, I think, the public health in general right now um, is the threat of a COVID vaccination being manipulated um, to have misinformation cause people not to get the vaccine. So I know that we'll talk about measles a little bit. And I know that measles is something that was a big part of my story and like my advocacy. When I was um, starting out as a vaccine advocate, you know, two years ago before my testimony, and at that time, there was a big measles outbreak in the U.S. It was one of the largest outbreaks we had in more than 10 years, and it was a huge deal because measles is a disease that we have a vaccine against. It was completely eradicated in the U.S., but it came back, and it was spreading very rapidly. So the reason, though, that that happened was because measles and the MMR shot is one of the biggest targets of a misinformation campaign in history. Um, back in like the, I think 90s, uh, Wakefield um, had targeted the MMR vaccine saying that it caused autism. And so that was like recently, recently that happened. And we, we, we hear about the autism myth so much that like, it seems like it's been around forever or that like the reach it's had, I mean, there's no way it's only like 30 years old. Like there's no way that's such a, that's just a recent amount of time. And so like the MMR vaccine was detrimentally affected by Wakefield's um, campaign and his um, his uh, fraudulent study claiming it caused autism. And so compare that to like a COVID vaccination. Let's say a COVID vaccine comes out and we have people saying that it causes like Down syndrome or it causes um, stillborn children or like if you get the vaccine that you could develop paralysis. Like these are all myths that have come out around vaccines that have affected the vaccination rates. And the reason it's a problem is that, you know, stuff like measles that we already have eradicated can come back. And so COVID we've seen is a very, very rapidly spreading disease with um, very dangerous respiratory um, uh, like symptoms and uh, effects on the human body. And if we're seeing it co continually coming back and the vaccine rate cannot get high enough to eradicate it, that could cause a pandemic to extend for a very long time or it could come back. And I think that, not just exclusive to COVID is the biggest threat to vaccines. It's just that we don't get the vaccine rate high enough to where we can't keep the disease away and it might come back later and we have another outbreak. I mean, we're seeing the cause of a disease that we don't have a vaccine against, just one. There's one disease we don't have a vaccine against. And the idea that we can't get those rates high enough to get rid of it and say something else comes up, a different disease like outbreak happens. I mean, this is just a situation that could easily happen that could have huge effects. And it all starts with one myth that people start to spread around on social media or in their friend groups or in their family. And then they go, Hmm, I think I'm going to skip out on that shot. It, I mean, it's a very innocent sounding thing, but it's very dangerous. And finally, can you tell our audience a little bit about your experience testifying in front of Congress? Yeah. Um, 
my experience testifying in front of the U.S. Senate Committee um, of Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions, um, otherwise known as the HELP Committee, it was really wild and a really um, interesting experience going into that. Um, to put it very clearly, I really had no idea what I was getting into. I went to speak about my own personal story and my experience with my mom, and up to that point, the media exposure that came with that um, experience. So my mom's anti-vax. She believes vaccines are very dangerous. And with me, like I talked about that. Um, and that was the only goal I had in mind was just sharing that story and what that meant for me, not trying to convince these people, not trying to share some really big message or some huge idea. It was just like, hey, this is important to me. This is what happened here in my experiences. And if you have questions and this seems relevant, then we can continue that conversation. Um, but it was really scary. It was intimidating. There were protesters everywhere. It was you know, obviously in front of a bunch of senators and I'm, I was only 18 at the time. So um, that's like the best way to describe it was something that I really was just thrown into because of how quickly it was thrown together and happened and was extremely intimidating. And so I tried to keep it simple and try to um, understand the importance of my message, which was that vaccines and immunizations and public health wasn't a topic that is super complex or requires a PhD or degree or you know, becoming a scientist, you can talk about public health in a very personal way, which is, you know, your personal story about your personal health and your decisions and how you take care of your community. And so that's what I did. Unity Consortium thanks you for tuning into this episode of Facebook at Unity Consortium.